Welcome to Herb W. Morgan's Slaying Bulls and Bears, a podcast about economics, markets, investing, politics, and profit. Every Monday, in less than 20 minutes, Wall Street portfolio manager Herb W. Morgan distills the complex and complicated into the simple and sensical. Here's Herb now. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, April 25th, 2022. I'm Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director, Chief Investment Officer here at Efficient Market Advisors. This is my weekly and economic commentary. Don't forget, you can also follow me intra-week on either uh, Twitter, at ETF underscore strategist, or on LinkedIn, just uh, Herb Morgan. Uh, this is available either as a subscription uh piece of content with uh, slides and graphs and charts that you may be looking at now. Otherwise, it's available as a podcast. You can tell any smart device to play the podcast Slaying Bulls and Bears or uh, play Herb Morgan's podcast. Either one should get that uh, up and on your smart device. This presentation is prepared by us for use with you, whether you are a financial advisor or an individual investor or institutional investor. We do expect, however, everyone to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained in the presentation should be treated as investment advice. No recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities, purely for informational purposes only. Accuracy, adequacy, and completeness cannot be guaranteed. A lot of red last week. Equity markets down across the board. Relative outperformer by performance by developed international small and mid-cap stocks, but still taking it. Uh, pretty hard there. Big cap tech selling off, higher growth companies selling off on higher interest rates, which need to be used to discount those future high growth rate earnings companies. They have elevated PE multiples. Therefore, when interest rates rise, they have a little further to fall. We see this more as a transition than a sustained uh, deterioration in the economic outlook. It's a, it's, a, it's a transition as a result of higher interest rates. That's why you see companies like Coca-Cola and Pepsi making new all-time highs. Those are considered staples, consumer staples. Procter & Gamble, another good example of that. Bonds selling off on the reality of higher interest rates. Interest rates have been too low for too long. Federal Reserve was criticized roundly, soundly by many for keeping rates too long uh, and, and stoking inflation well above their long-term target of 2% core PCE inflation. Let's get into the economic data from last week. We start out with the National Association of Home Builders Housing Market Index. It fell from a stratospherically high 79 to a very, very high 77. Anything above 50, you can see I'm going to run my red dot across there. Anything above 50 is positive sentiment from the nation's home builders. They did state, though, that the slight dip was due to rising interest rates uh, that, and their higher prices, which they had to pass on because of the higher price of lumber and everything else to build a home, uh, did cause a slight decline in sales volume and traffic during the month. Housing starts were ahead of expectations, rose to 1.8 million. Permits, also ahead of expectations, rose to 1.9 million continuing to suggest future supply uh, will be there uh, for the market as it needs it in coming months. Existing home sales for March, however, fell to a pace of 5.77, right in line with expectations. Pretty substantial drop here. We were at about a six and a half million annualized pace uh, 
two years ago, almost two years ago. Um, rising mortgage rates, the, the average uh, rate for a 30-year fixed mortgage has risen substantially in the last six or eight weeks. Uh, coupled with very low inventory uh, has made sales difficult, suggesting to me that the at least cycle top or short-term top in uh, residential real estate or homes uh, has uh, is in. And I don't think anybody should be rushing out now worried about uh, they're going to go up again next month, the month after. Even though supply is very tight, I do think we're going to see some softness here in the coming year in, uh, in um, home, home prices. Our regular Thursday morning report um, from the Department of Labor on initial claims for unemployment was very, very low, 184,000. Continuing claims fell to 1.417. That's not, that's a typo there, sorry. It's 1.417, not 4.417. Uh, Philly Fed uh, Business Outlook Survey. This is the uh, regional Fed survey manufacturing in the Philadelphia region. Fell from 27.4 to 17.6. That was below expectations, still above zero. Anything above zero says expansion. New orders fell to a more reasonable expansionary pace, 17.8. Shipments, same thing, fell from 30 to 19. Employment up, uh, but, but, uh, and, and kind of high, that's good. Uh, all in all, a decent report suggesting, again, there's all these little things to me suggesting that the peak inflation print is likely in. Now, just couple all of these little pieces with the fact that the Fed is going to raise interest rates, uh, you know, at the May 5th and 6th meeting by most likely 50 basis points. But we'll get to that in a minute. S&P Global's uh, flash report on manufacturing for the month of April, because the month is not over, it's a flash report, uh, came in at 59.7. That was well above expectations of 58, suggesting that manufacturing is continuing to accelerate coming out of the COVID shutdown and pandemic. On the services side, a much bigger portion of the U.S. economy, um, 85% to be nearly precise, uh, said they said here it actually fell to still growing 54.7 and failed to meet expectations of 58. Why? Input prices rose to almost 80, highest reading since this series began back when it was owned by Marquette in 2009. Prices charged, meaning what they can pass through the consumer, also got to the highest reading since the series began, suggesting that profit margins are likely uh, being protected, being protected. Uh, however, we certainly can't not talk about the fact that the markets really had a big slide last week, especially that Thursday, Friday with that thousand point drop in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. From a technical perspective, we got resistance probably down here at about 4,200, where we kind of double bottomed back in March, we're likely retesting that. If we go through that, certainly possible that we do, you could probably see, oh, 4,050 uh, beyond that. Maybe I think the worst case scenario, we're probably at about a 3,800. So I think we're ringing out a lot of the Fed-induced excess that was in the market by the ultra-loose monetary uh, policy, the, the buying of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. Um, Bringing that out is causing equity prices to drop, causing bond prices to drop. Perfectly fine and healthy. It's the right thing for the Fed to do because they were causing inflation. They needed to get out of the market's way, and they're starting to do that. Stocks are not totally oversold here. You can see a relative strength index at 33 using a daily chart. Probably need to see that get a little lower before we would call it a full-on 
sort of capitulation, um, but close. Might be a time to consider uh, if you've got that spare powder. We're getting it, you know, we're getting deep into earnings season this week with a lot of the big cap tech names that historically, recent history, have really beaten uh, beaten estimates and guided higher. We'll see if they continue to do that. Uh, so far, we've had about 98 names report. Uh, 77 of those, the vast majority, have beaten. Earnings surprises have come in around 7%, uh, and expectation for earnings growth was actually around 7 Expectations were for 6 Uh Top line is, is beating. The only thing that's not really beating is, um, is margins, so that's, that's a bit critical. Uh, um, as I mentioned, 7% earnings per share growth estimates were for 60 We've got over 100 big names reporting. That's S&P 500 names this week including the big, big mega cap tech of Apple, Microsoft, and Google. I mentioned margins a second ago. Six of the 11 sectors have missed on margin expectations. That could be, a, that is a big contributor. The fact that the market is, uh, you know, not going up. It went down significantly uh, last week. We also got the beige book from the Fed last week, and that's important because that's the regional survey of all the various uh, uh, Federal Reserve banks around the country where they send in, hey, this is what's happening in our district. Everybody gets a chance to read this ahead of the formal FOMC meeting, which is May 5th and 6th. They said in the aggregate, activity, economic activity expanded at moderate pace. That's good and not particularly inflationary. But the, un the, the employment gains were moderate despite labor market challenges. Uh, still having issues with the supply chain, labor costs, input costs. That's a big one there. And they're apparently prepared to do something significant about that. Uh, they did notice, though, that strong inflationary pressures remain. They're swiftly rising input costs, and uh, they attribute that to increases in raw materials, commodities, et cetera, transportation, and labor costs. And the Fed is now really going out with their, you know, as people, the members are out on talking to the media, giving speeches, conferences, really, really starting to uh, try to convince us that they've got this under control, and I think they probably do, uh, that there'll be several 50 basis points rate hikes uh, in the future. But last week, uh, there was rumor going around that they might do 75 basis points, and that caused the market to sell off a little bit last week. This morning, Loretta Mester, the Cleveland Fed president, pushed back on the 75 basis point rumor, and she said, this is a quote, I kind of favor the methodical approach rather than you know, a shock of 75 basis points. I don't think it's needed for what we're trying to do. Powell last week suggested 50 basis points was on the table for the May meeting. Uh, and Mary Daly, San Francisco Fed president, suggested we will likely be taking a 50 basis point increase. So I would say something incredibly crazy would have to happen for it to be anything other than 50 basis points, which would get us to a Fed funds target of around 100 basis points. Still low, still accommodative, uh, and maybe not, not enough to make an in, immediate impact on, on inflation. Um, but just it's just sort of uh, clear the Fed was a little too low for too long. Now they're taking steps to try to catch up. The only question that remains is, of course, it'll slow down economic growth. That's the intent. The question is, will they slow it down so much that it causes recession, and that's the hope that doesn't happen, of course. Tomorrow, durable goods, FHAFA, house prices, NK Schiller, consumer confidence in home sales. Wednesday, pending home sales. Thursday, jobless claims. First quarter GDP, 
Uh, we've already had a slowdown after a massive, almost 7% annualized growth rate in the fourth quarter, but still positive growth coming on the heels of that big quarter. So that's a positive. Friday employment costs, personal income spending, PCE price index, that is a big one because that is ahead of the Fed's May 5th and 6th meeting, Chicago PMI, uh, and consumer sentiment. Okay, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Don't forget to listen on the podcast as well. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to Slaying Bulls and Bears. If you'd like to download the slides for this week's podcast, go to www.efficient-portfolios.com and join our mailing list. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate us online, and share with a friend if you found this helpful. See you next week.